You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. What um, period of time do you like films to be set in? Any and all, to be quite honest. What what period of time do you <laughs> like adventure films to be set in? <laughs> any, any. What period of time do you like adventure films such you, as Indiana Jones to be set in? This is the before the after the show discussion. That your comment is, oh, that movie XYZ wouldn't have been as good if it wasn't set in that 30s or the 40s or the 10s or the whatever. And I said, you wouldn't know any different if it hadn't been made that way. And then we got on the discussion of, you like things set in older times because the adventure seems more, what? Authentic without all the gadgets yes. and whatnot, right? Like something like a direct comparison we were making was something like Indiana Jones and Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Similar um, adventures, but Lara Croft has all the trappings of modern day life cell phones, laser guns, all kinds of weird shit. Indiana Jones has to rely on his wits and a revolver occasionally, you know, it's, it's very. You know, yeah. the mummy. I'm not saying The Mummy's a great movie either. I think it is a good adventure, though. Also set back in time, so... But you said it's mostly good because it's got a time. Because of that, yeah. yeah. Uh, it romanticizes it slightly, for me. Because, you know, I, I didn't exist during those periods. In those periods, the grass is always greener kind of thing. Don't you think? I always think, yeah, those times look really awesome. But then I also love my computer, today's era... Mm-hmm. I, you know, I love to be able to do things that I do today. But those times look so... It looks simpler. It looks... I don't know. I don't think that. I just... I don't think that, really. Not, I, I look back at the 30s and the 40s and think... I like it style been, It's things. simple. And look how glamorous it was. And look how... I'm sure mod, everyday life wasn't as glamorous as exactly. we see in the movie. Exactly. That's but. me. I don't see the... I don't just see the fantasy part of it. I think 30s, depression... <laughs> Dust Bowl, lots of crime, you know, horrible times, and the the glamour of it doesn't blind me to the time period, so. So. But I like them all. I like future, I like current, I like past, and then this is a direct opposite to a friend of yours, We will who will remain unnamed, who hates anything. That's even like the 80s, the 90s, I'm assuming. I don't even know. I don't know, period. Earlier is, than that. Period is his description. <laughs> he doesn't like problem. period movies. And that <laughs> he has could a be, period problem. There's a, movie, there's a new movie coming up um, where Meryl Streep plays Margaret Thatcher, which I find mm. looks very interesting. I wonder if that would be a period movie to him and he wouldn't be interested. Yeah, um, that's the 80s. Yeah, 90s. it's literally in, in our lifetime, you know, so, something that I, um, you know, Completely connect with because yep. I, I went through all of Thatcher's Britain. So you know, I am, um, you know, uh, don't know. So uh, it is. It is not. It's not Sunday today. It is Saturday, December the tenth. It's two thousand and eleven. This is after the show number two hundred and two. Um, the movie we're going to be looking at this week is The Rocketeer. It's the twentieth anniversary Blu-ray release. This is a film from 1991, hence the 20th anniversary. It's released on Blu-ray this Tuesday, the 13th of December, 2011. It's a PG movie. The tagline for the movie is... Blasting off February the 5th, 1981. 91. 1991. Crappy tagline. uh, What's really funny about that tagline is it didn't come out on that date. Right. That was the tagline on the teaser poster. So June, it must have, wasn't it? Yeah, it must have got delayed. So yeah, that's not that was the tagline, but it was wrong. Um, and it's from our friends at Disney. And you are going to give us the synopsis of this movie. Synopsis of Rocketeer would be um, young, semi, not dim-witted, um, wide-eyed pilot, a little bit down on the luck with the. Whatever, you'll get the gist, there's a love story, and then, boom, you've got big, uh, very big bad guys, criminals, and FBI, and in the midst of it, a little rocket pack that can uh, make a man fly. And it's Correct. set in the 30s. 1936, to be precise, wasn't it? Don't remember. I think it said 1936 right at the very beginning, but I don't know how far it progresses in time during the movie, because we do encounter 
some baddies that we all know we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Not love. <laughs> we don't love. We seem to love them in movies. We don't really love those baddies. Um, so, uh, The Rocketeer, a movie that I am convinced I saw when I was a kid. As I said last week, I was not a kid. I was, how old was I? <laughs> 22. 22, which seems absolutely wrong in my estimation. Which makes oh. me question, but confirms as a wife, and you're a husband, if people don't know, first time we're married to each other, and you make comments about things and you reflect as if it were your childhood, and I have, over the last 10, 12 years almost, thought to myself many times, like, I don't think you were a kid. I mean, that movie, I mean, many times, right? I don't always mention it. I just think to myself, uh, I'm not very good with dates. And, and stuff. then this confirms it. So I kind of like that this was this was like jumped out it, in your mind. But but it definitely has a feel of a movie that I would have liked when I was a kid. So maybe that's I mean, because this isn't of its day almost. It's slightly a throwback even in the 90s. You know, I mean, obviously because of the time. It's period, very of its but time. But the actual style of the film. Not only the style, but if you think about how decadent movie making was in the 80s and early 90s, even into the 90s, obviously you get Titanic and all the big, um, the beginnings of all the big um, actual blockbuster disaster movies and whatnot. The extravagance of movies from the 80s, and you don't even think about it. Think about, like, the detail in this movie. And it spans all kinds of stuff, and it also mixes in this... As I'm watching, there are lots of sets, and I think to myself, that is like somebody's house, and it's super lavish, but I'm thinking to myself, that's a styrofoam wall, and that's a styrofoam bookcase, and it's all very movie-made looking. Kind of like Flash Garden. And that, yeah, and it comes definitely from old-school movie-making, whereas then you think of something like Titanic, which came only five years after this, completely different vibe, but just as luscious, and oh. I don't know. But now you think of movies, it takes a certain kind of movie to be that decadent or terminator 2 was actually out the, the same, same summer year, yeah. as this which is hard to believe because this seems like a very movie different. that was made a long time before that um so yeah it has this uh, feel to it it's an adventure movie like we said earlier it's set in the 30s it's a mishmash though man it's got everything it is a comic book coming to life in and every that's exactly way. what it yeah, is based on a comic saying. book which was wrote in the 80s um and Disney bought the rights to this comic book and literally shot the comic book, apart from a couple of changes to make it less racy. The comic book was slightly racy. Um, they added the Hollywood element, which is kind of perfect for a Disney movie because obviously they um, made a lot of movies that... Well, they've got a lot of sound stages and stuff, especially in the day when they made Disney-ish. And you know what? They don't make a movie like this anymore. I was That's thinking, what I'm saying. I was That's thinking what I'm saying. when it's I watched so this. decadent. Not just the that. The sets and everything. Movies today... Um, things get made by Disney. Even let's just let's let's say the Muppets just came out. Everything's got this cynical kind of edge. Has to be edgy. Has to be. This is none of that. It's not playing to anything. I don't think. Think the Muppets is cynical. Yes. Have you seen some of the joke? Like t- jokes about no. Katy Perry. Jokes about you know. It's very mm-hmm. of the time. Let's I haven't seen talk it. About so you- I don't know. Well, I've seen the trailer. Talk about YouTube. Talk about iPhone, you know. Is that cynicism? It, uh, it's just everything's implanted into mo- like it's marketing. It's I see it in movies nowadays. Um, I saw a trailer for some I don't even know what it was called. Some movie with Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis the other day, and mm-hmm. it just looked like some marketing people had like thrown a lot of stuff on the screen. It was it was odd. That's how most movies are these days. They are, aren't they? And, uh, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. That is the day we live in. That's marketing, let's be smart asses, YouTube. Very smart asses, um, yeah. All the time. Now, this subtracts any of that. goes back to a simple, you know, fl- Flash Gordon's a good example. Like, an, like a heroic, um, naive adventure almost. Very naive, yeah. You know, but with an evil side to it. But not too evil. You know, a kid could sit and watch it. and it Oh, would... but it's like the ultimate evil when you think about it. Is. it. <laughs> but it's, it strips away. You know, today we always have to be clever and uh, we have to be... Smartass. Yeah, smartass, cool, you know, or something cool, some new technique or some new special effect. Here, Disney, not just the Rocketeer, movies of its day where Disney did a lot of movies. The Black Hole, I can think of one. Um, 
movies like Short Circuit and things like that, they were a simpler, let's have a fun story and like let's worry less about making it cool, like one-liners and... I'm not sure how... I'm not sure how you're seeing it because you were young when you saw them, so you might have a different view I'm just saying well. we don't make, like... Like, everything... But, I mean, what was cool and cutting-edge and, and, and quibby then would have been what you saw on the screen as well, versus It just seems to now. me like everything has to be like that nowadays. Everything's, like, trying to be funny and, like, reference everything that's modern and... Yeah. You know. It's just, like, that, like this doesn't pander to anything. Like, it, it could have been a movie that was made in the 30s. Apart from it having sort of obvious technical uh, yeah. advances in it, you know, like because I mean, but the special effects in this movie are not fantastic. They don't hold up to today's special effects, but I think they work perfectly fine for what it is. So you're saying like all this type of movie, it is complete escapism, whereas movies now more and yeah, more, it, it is very aware of the world, and yes. you, there's no wall between you and the characters anymore. They watch YouTube, you watch YouTube. They have a cell phone, you have a cell phone. They, yeah, like even the Muppets. They now. know the the latest craze on YouTube, even, yes. and you know the latest craze. They know about what's that called when a bunch of people get together and do a thing in the street. You know what? You that, know, flash that, mob thing. That, you know about flash mob. That mobs. is what that Justin Timberlake Mila mm. Kunis movie was doing, and they're like. She fancies him, he fancies her, and they go out on a date, and he's organized a flash mob in Times Square, and they're all dancing, and they're like, and she's like, you did all this for me? And I'm like, it's just so aware of, like, nobody, that's just not... So you want the fantasy, because they could, not that they are people, obviously it's a movie, but you don't, you like to be just removed from... I do, and obviously I, I would watch a film like The Social Network, and that obviously has to be like, like it is, or, you know... Anything like that, I'm fine with. But when we're talking about a straight-up adventure, because like that's what this is, a kid's movie at heart, I think, you know, you know, for your, the younger ge- younger generation of the 90s, I even as, well, I was 21, you say, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I went to the cinema to see it. I enjoyed it. I just, you know, we were at the start of special effects. Like you say, you know, that same year, I also sat down and watched Terminator 2 and was blown away by special... Oh, my God. I probably just saw Rocketeer and then went to see Terminator 2, which came out a few weeks later. And I bet, you know, things change. I remember coming out of Terminator 2 and thinking, things are going to be different now. Really? Yeah, that was... Never seen anything like it. It was... James Cameron does it every ten years or so. He he shows you something and you go, holy crap, like, that's it. It's different from now on. You know, Avatar was the most recent one where you was just like... Oh, we can do that now. We never did that before. We can do that now. You had Aliens. You had Terminator. You had Titanic. Yep. He does it every 10 years or so. Changes the game. But you're talking about that kind of movie versus Rocketeer, which is very just in-camera, special effects, miniatures, real explosions. Everything's real. Nothing CGI. It's all built in front of your face. It's models. and The thing that strikes me is, like, Disney made this in 1991. And put it out. Probably, you know, it was cutting edge for its time. I'm, I'm sure. You know, the stop motion effects. It's, um, the effects are done by George Lucas's uh, ILM. Um, so you know, that would have been an expensive proposition and cutting edge because they were a cutting edge company. Not sure if it was cutting edge. I think you were. They were grandfathering. They were on the on the since we're on the peak of all that new technology. I think it was. Maybe that's why Rocketeer wasn't. You've said it wasn't a huge success and all that. Because you compare that to, this, to the new coming generation, which came boom, two weeks got later, Terminator, and probably rumblings of other movies at the time that had all different kinds of special effects, and so this kind of got tucked away under what you said, kid movie, a little less sophisticated, blah blah blah. So I, think it did. I don't know that it was cutting edge. I think it was we are we're maxing out these effects now. We're at the peak of this old effect where. You've got the guy, probably, like on Superman, laying on a thing. Yeah. With a, not even a green screen. I don't even know how they did it then. Was it, it wasn't green screen, was it? Where I don't even know. Where they film him moving and, and wobbling, and then in the background is this guy in the airplanes, and then they juxtapose him over No, I think it wasn't even a green screen then. Mm-hmm. It was just a projector projecting a movie onto a back. Right, exactly. Moving, and then they just filmed that. Like. Exactly. So that wasn't cutting edge, but they were 
probably getting the most out of it by the early 90s. Yeah, and this, you know, the special effects aren't bad in this movie. They're, no, I mean, you know. You have to imagine, you have to remember when it was, but some of them actually look kind of cool, you know. And, Absolutely. And they did do a good job of it. Um, but what struck me, well, my whole point was this, this, you know, it's a Disney movie, it's from then. I sat down and started watching it today. Even the way it is presented to you, the opening credits with, uh, it's this, they're flying this little stunt plane. It's very slow, it's very deliberate, and the music is just right, and it gives you this sense of adventure. Yeah, it's almost Indiana Jones. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, it gives you this sense of adventure. You feel, I feel, taken back to a time we're going to have a great adventure here, and that's what you get from this. I mean... It's a dude with a rocket pack. And even in this Before movie, a rocket pack they is. reflect back on the swashbuckling days. Because you've got a yes. movie star. Who's, it's the 30s, so he's they're making a movie. That probably was on the tail end of the swashbuckling era yeah. as well. Actually, yeah. Uh, but um, that reminds you of the adventure of that period. In the comic books, the Timothy Dalton character was Errol Flynn. Right, right. He, wasn't, he was actually Errol Flynn. And she was Betty Page. Now, so. do we want to say spoilers in case you haven't seen it? It has been 20 years. Yeah. But if we mention something, because there's something about it, I'm not going to say it. So if you do it, it's down to you. But that, I, I have no clue about this movie. I had never seen it. I'd never seen the trailer, I don't think. Maybe, possibly. I wonder how you would have missed something so... I just never... I never pursued it. It never This hit must my, have been on HBO like crazy. It must have been. I just don't think it probably... It didn't appeal to me, I guess, then. So there were things that came up in the story. I had I'd never seen the trailer, which tells you everything, really and does. I didn't know anything. And it was fantastic, because I was even saying out loud, oh my goodness, oh dear, oh my goodness. So if we say anything about what happens, then it's down to you. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So, yeah. If you want to watch it with a pure heart like me, don't listen. <laughs> yeah, and I'm assuming if you're a fan... And you're listening to us being reminiscent of it. You remember it. Now, I didn't remember every single detail. And I've seen it several times. Um, but I remember the main thing. I what mean, happened that you were like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I probably shouldn't say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, it's, it's a, it's, there's some great set pieces in here. Absolutely. I mean, you got like a, a you know, I also like how they mix the real world of particular like in there like howard hughes oh yeah yeah um that was very kitschy from the late 80s and early 90s if you think back in movies that was a big um little um device in a lot of movies to make the legend of somebody to explain the legend of somebody and go oh this is how that happened some sort of fantastic fantastical thing so that is kind of reminiscent of that who else who who was um when they were in the fancy W.C. Fields. W.C. Fields appeared. There was, there was several... I wonder what era we have a love affair with right now. Are we going to the 40s again, do you think? Because the 80s have been the last few years. We kind of fell back in love with the 80s, the clothes, the music. And now where are we going? Because every decade, it seems, we reflect back on a period. The 80s went back to the 40s. The Do you know what I'm saying? I think and it's the, the 80s now, isn't it? I know, but that's kind of passing. So oh, I'm wondering... Right. No, that's already coming and going. Probably nothing then until another one comes. Another what? Until somebody says, till somebody says, well, the 70s is the big thing this year. Let's do all the fashion based on that. Let's uh, do all I, that. I don't think that's how it happens, but... I think it is. I think somebody... Or, or kicks it off. Somebody kicks it off, you know. Some I fashion think the next one should be, we should get re-obsessed with, say, like, uh, ancient Rome or ancient Greece. So everybody's wearing togas and houses are built with the <laughs> yeah. pantheon look about them. Whatever that is, Rome or Greek, I don't even know. <laughs> so back to the Rocketeer. Let's get back to the Rocketeer. Um, so, it follows the story of a, what do you call him, a stunt pilot? Or just a pilot? Pilot. Is he a stunt pilot, though? Is That looks like a stunt plane to me. Well, he is. Racing. He's doing race. This. Yeah, it's racing. It's this. Um, but then, then again, he's got this side yeah. thing as a like a clown who flies a plane upside doing down. Stunts, and stuff, yeah. stunts. Um, and they they accidentally stumble across this thing, the rocket pack. Um, there's a cross story with the mob and the FBI. The FBI, and that's how it starts. And it's an interesting how they fall into it. And this naive, wide-eyed. 
dude, who's the Rocketeer guy. Fearless. Absolutely fearless. I love that about he this He just character. sees an opportunity. They're down on the look a little bit, and this could... But in an innocent way. He's not yeah. a chancer. He's not an opportunist. He just... No. And totally fearless. I love that about him. There's never a wavering... This character doesn't ever hesitate. He is what he is. You he's know, fearless he's, and also slightly clumsy. Slightly... A little bit. He's not the best... I mean, obviously, he's dealing with a rocket pipe that nobody's ever used. Right. He's the test but pilot. He doesn't care. He he's the test pilot for puts it. Puts it on and goes for it. Yeah. And, it, you know, he could die at any second because some of the stuff he gets up to in it. <laughs> um, so, which was your favorite scene? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I have to reflect on it slowly, but... Um... Slowly wouldn't be good because we have to... No, I mean, I can't just... I just can't... I didn't think about it. Um, My favorite scene's in the dance club. Which one? The big club with the shell that opens. I know, but I mean, which scene? Him flying around. Oh, right. (laughs) Right. Because it's, like, really super silly... But, like, real super perilous at the same time. That's about my least favorite. No, it's always been my favorite. It got a little extra kitschy. Yeah, that's what I liked about it. Because that's what this movie is at heart. It's not a serious movie. In fact, it's got serious... Mm -hmm. It's got some serious... serious. But it's not. It's just a fun... I think, um... In the cafe. Fixing the little plane and the wheel pops off. That's my, I think that's my favorite. When you get that guy who plays that older dude who's obviously been in the war, probably World War One. I, I would, I'm guessing, because it's the 30s now. And Must have been. He's kind of, something's kind of sad about him, and he's helping this little girl, and the little thing with, you know. I love that. That was, a, that was my favorite scene. Now that I think about it. Oh, yeah, I was going to say you'll have to explain it because people don't... Oh, because he's... Okay, they're in the cafe. There's like this bulldog cafe that's near the... the the Where they... What's it called? The airstrip. The airfield where they all hang out. What's, is a old, bulldog cafe mean something? I don't know. And there's like I mean, an old man... you just said it like it's... Like people would know what that was. No, it's just called the bulldog cafe and Which the front's looks, shaped like a bulldog. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's a real thing. I, I was know. thinking that was a thing that was popular or whatever. I uh, don't that I know of, but... um. So there's like an old man sitting at the at the little bar stool thing, and there's a lady behind the counter, kind of like a middle aging lady who's cooking, got her apron on, and there's a little girl, and her the wheel came off of her little toy airplane. She comes around to this old man, I forget his name, we'll call him Ralph, but that's not his name, and uh, she's like, it broke, it came off, you know, and he's like, oh, did I ever tell you the time that I was flying against the Red Baron? And she she shook her head yes, and the lady behind the counter looks at her and shakes her head no, <laughs> and then the little girl says no because. He's don't, like a sad don't old cut man. Off his story. Yeah, don't cut off his story. Let him tell you the story. Don't matter how many times. So he starts to tell, and then he he's real he's real nervous, and the wheel flips out of his hand, and it flies over into Jennifer Connelly's soup, and then he picks the stains the front of a dress. Our hero guy picks the wheel out, sucks the soup off, and gives it back to the little girl. And I just in this day and age, even that tiniest thing made me smile because. Imagine now what you and I are thinking. What were you thinking? Ooh, don't lick it off and give it to her, right? It's all innocent. That's, that's modern, what I'm saying. It's yeah, a, but in this modern day, you're thinking, ooh, don't lick it yeah. and give it to her. But but, but who that's cares, what I'm saying. Right? It's yeah. a simple story because it's like you yeah. forgive all the things. It's that, familiar, and they are a group, and they're a family, and they're a unit, and they're all. It's very intimate, and I love that about that group of people. It's a very. Let's talk about the anonymous famous people, shall we? Yeah, there's, there's just a, a shitload of famous li- people in this movie. It's literally the... It's like a cavalcade of anonymous faces famous. that you know. That's what I call them. Anonymous famous. Like, you go, I've seen that guy a hundred times, yeah. but you don't know his name. Like the, first, like the FBI guy. You're like, yeah. oh, I've seen him before. He's always a cop or an FBI guy. He's always got a suit or, on. Or a principal or somebody in, in yep. authority. Um, and then there's loads of... Loads of them. Like, all over the place. They're everywhere. The lady behind the counter, the, even the old man. They're all people you've seen so many times. There's a baddie that's reminiscent of a Bond baddie. I mean... It, I think he is. He just has a thing on his face. Yeah, that's what I thought. I think so it's the same guy. Oh, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they tried to incorporate a little yep. bit of things that were, you know... There's all kinds... It's a march, like a... It's a mishmash. Part. Totally. I mean, you get swashbuckling, you get... Uh, what's it called? The Hen- Hindenburg, <laughs> whatever. Not the Hindenburg, but Zeppelin. Flying the Zeppelin, you get like oh, there's just everything. You get, um, you know, 
the night the club with the singer yep, lady, yep, the you fancy, know the singer yep. with fancy singer with she's also like, anonymous famous she is like you and the lady behind the counter in the um, diner you're like yeah I know who she is you've seen her a million times there's just people everywhere and you all is she from the office yes she becomes the crazy yeah right right yeah yeah I like her um no she's not who you think she is no she's from something like that though no that's not her oh okay but it's but she. She's in something I've seen just recently. Might have been Breaking Bad. Mm, I haven't seen that, so... There's tons of people in here, though. Um, and then alongside that, let's move on to the cast here. We've got Billy Campbell, who plays uh, Cliff, who's the hero of the piece. What happened to him? Um, he... What I was just reading about The Rocketeer was... the It got mostly positive press at the time. Yeah, it didn't do fantastically well, and it has a lot of fans. And the only negative press it got was people said he was a bad actor in it. Oh. So he got panned, whereas everybody else got praised. Um, and people still to this day say he ruined the movie. I don't. We don't like him. But to to me, he he plays exactly what the part is supposed to be. It's like a naive, wide-eyed, bumbling adventurer kind of. You know? He's got a few flat moments, but like you said, it just fits. Yeah. And I feel like his charm, and there are moments when he his he's actually almost genius in a couple of the physicality, the moments of their super physical, and the way that he, he pulls it off is, it's to me, I was like, he's just right. And if you think about it, and we look now at the mummy, that guy who does those kind yeah, of parts, like it's almost like he... Brendan Fraser looked at that guy and was like, oh, that's, yeah, that's the so vibe. Too. Yeah, so I think he's fine. You know, it's like... A- if anything, Timothy Dalton is, but his part as well. He needs to be this asshole kind of guy. Pe- look at people like Errol Flynn. Like, look back at Yeah. Them. You know, they're not... People might It was all very grand. They're not fantastic. And- it's not fantastic acting. It's play- It's trying to sell you the thing theatrical. Like. Yeah. That's what he's doing here. I think so. Which is, to me... People might have just misread it and yeah. said, like, oh, well, he's a bit wooden or whatever. But I think he was trying to be what the movie is, which is Trying a to throwback. be the kid, like the wide-eyed... It's a wide throwback, eyed, isn't it? The yeah. whole movie, the acting style, the whole thing. Everybody. Like, his two things in life are he flies and he's in love with this girl. That's yeah. it. That's it. <laughs> like, that's it. There's no, there, Everything else blinds him to those things. And so, oh, that's a, so then what happened to him? You're saying that affected him how? didn't affect him. I'm just saying that that was the feedback on him on this. He's been in other TV shows and movies when I was looking. And he champions this film. This was his greatest work, he says. Hmm. Um, and I mean, he, he might be crappy. Who knows? I don't know. He but. was disappointed that when I was just reading that Disney didn't put out some kind of full-featured Blu-ray. He does like the new transfer, but where's Ollie? Yeah. He wanted to be interviewed and stuff. He was ready for it, but it never happened. Hmm. Which we'll mention in a bit. So, uh, Jennifer Connelly, who seems to have been in movies forever... Yeah, man. Uh, ...plays Jenny. She's kind of ageless. Yeah, she really... <laughs> and, like, you see her. And you see her today in movies. And you see her here in the 1991 in movies. Well, she, she was in movies before that. Ten years before that, too, right? I don't know. I feel like I saw her in the 80s. Oh, I don't think much. No. I don't think so. You only She only appeared here? I like, don't know. I'm just saying, I don't even... She was in, in some them. 80s movies. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. But she seems to have been in movies forever. If anything, she is, to me, not... Her performance isn't weak or anything like that, but it stands out more as a very... It's The vibe is different from her than everybody else. And she is trying to be an actress, who's being an actress, who's being glamorous, but sort of also the sort of another wide-eyed young woman kind of trying to be in love, but she has moments of extra sultriness that kind of jump out at you that don't seem to fit sometimes, but... I, I didn't have a problem with it, apart from... No, not really. I mean, she's playing what she is supposed mm-hmm. to be. I'm thinking, oh, she's a bit too damsel in distressy in, in, in times. But then she... No, she then pulls she that kick... off pretty good. But then she also kicks ass a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Too. Which is... um. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say the kick-ass woman kind of thing wasn't so much back then, but it was even in Indiana Jones there was still kick-ass women. Um, That's right, Marion kicked some ass. Alan Arkin plays Peavy. Um, he's the mentor. <laughs> I slash, love that character. Um, Nothing phases him. 
Like everything blows up. Everything, everything blows up to shit, and he's just like, oh, yeah, whatever. You okay? Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Like he doesn't, he doesn't get upset because this blows up or that blows nothing. It just, oh, keep going. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and he, yeah, I guess is he a little bit like, is he like Indiana Jones's dad a little bit? I mean, he's not the father of this main no. character, but he might as well be. I mean, he's very fatherly to him. But he's, he's the aircraft mechanic. He's the a genius inventor almost, guy. like a whole thing, isn't he? Um, but yeah, it's a good character. And the bad guy... Which the, one? There's several. Yeah. Timothy Dalton, famous for playing James Bond a couple of times. And other things. Flash Gordon, he He's was also... he got that very deep voice, that rule. What is he? What is his ethnicity? Nationality, rather. English. I know, but which? Which? Is it England? Because he sounds a bit Welsh or something to me. I don't actually know. Um, it doesn't... It's, the accent's just English to me. I don't, um, he's not Scottish. I didn't think there were any generic British accents. Oh, you mean which part of England? Yeah. Um, what he sounds like to me it's not, he sounds like just outside of London kind mm. of guy um, but yeah he uh, plays this actor who was in the comic book as I said earlier Errol Flynn yeah, so, so like a you know the big big dude of the day the the big star in fact they were comparing him with Cagney mm. in here because they want to go and see a movie at the beginning and the girl wants to see Neville so they couldn't make it as Errol Flynn no, in this movie. No. So they had to make him into an equivalent. Just an equivalent of Errol Flynn. And it's quite obvious when you see him doing a scene where he's no, a swashbuckler yeah. that he is Errol Flynn. But um, he's this... And what he finally becomes, which I won't spoil it either, I don't think you would expect. No. It's, it's actually yeah. quite a good plot. Yep. Um, you could say, like Indiana Jones, is also a good plot. Um and this is heavily relied on in stuff in, of that era, but I think it was a good way of the twist around of things. Um, I didn't much care for Timothy Dalton's accent <laughs> at the end of the movie, <laughs> though. <laughs> it was a bit... Um, so, yeah, that's all I put down for the cast, because they are the main people. But like you say, Anonymous Famous. We all don't know the, the names place. of these people, but they were literally in the whole movie. So uh, this is directed by Joe Johnston, who I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, who also directed Captain America. And I said when I watched Captain America, and I knew that was directed by the Rocketeer guy, I could see similarities. And, there, you know, he, he obviously romanticizes a period. And there are similarities in the direction. You can't ignore. I mean, it's like almost like whoever was, when they were planning on making a Captain America, they were like, look back at films that have that kind of vibe and the Rocketeer kind of sticks out. And it really does. And I'm glad that he did it. There's talks of a sequel to the Rocketeer with the same actors. Um, I was just looking. Uh, it came up last year, and Disney is in... Who knows if that will come of anything, but I'd like Joe Johnston to do it if he has to do it, because obviously he loves this movie. Yeah. I've seen interviews with him, and he, he says it's like a... He still gets asked today, people say, when are you doing a Rocketeer? Because, I mean, the, even the end scene of this movie kind of sets up a little sequel. You think? Yeah. Hmm. There's there's a possibility of what could be done at the end there. Oh, that, yeah. yeah I didn't yeah. think of it that way, but... Because I was just thinking... And they were Funny going enough, to make a I haven't been brainwashed into modern culture where I think every movie needs to be part of well, a series. it was wrote like that. I just read this on Wikipedia. Because there was already a sequel in process for this movie. So they wrote it like that at the end. Uh, and then, because of the box office yeah. business, they decided to shelve it, and then it got shelved for 20 years at this point. <laughs> so maybe we will... I mean, with modern uh, special effects, I don't think it needs a remake, but I would like to see a further adventure of the Rocketeer. Mm. I don't want it to be modern. I want it to be still set back, you know, five years after this one or whatever. It can't be if they have the same people. No. They're 20 years old. Unless we do uh, a Tron, Jeff Bridges No, style. please, no. Disney is fond of that. That was the worst Maybe in five years that, that would be good. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. In, in Tron, though, I mean, that was the worst. Absolutely. But 
I can forgive it in Tron because Tron's I get because I'm not as in love with it as you are. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Joe Johnston also did Captain America, Jumanji, and Hidalgo, as I mentioned the other week. I don't know what he's doing next, but the Rocketeer is definitely a one I'll remember him for. Um, DVD extras, Blu-ray extras in this case. Fantastic new... If you're a fan of The Rocketeer, you won't have seen The Rocketeer look as good as it does on this Blu-ray. It is a full HD transfer that they've remastered. It's not scratchy. It almost, apart from the fact that it's an older movie, it just looks like a modern release, you know? It's it's widescreen, it's nice. Uh, Really nice surround sound that the movie didn't even have in the time. It was a stereo movie. They've remixed it in 5.1. You know, it still has that early 90s, 80s -hmm. tinniness to it. And lots of looping things that the sound, the contrast of the voice slapped on top of a scene where the other person's looping wasn't the same. You can just it's the the um, It's the syndrome that, if I can think of a Blu-ray of an older movie that also suffers from it, it's Platoon. Yeah, yeah. It just, you know, they've made it into a 5.1 mix, but it still has that aged kind of like... It's not got a lot of bass to it. It's kind of very tinny. Um, most notably, when they were having the car chase at the beginning, they were shooting mm-hmm. guns out. Absolutely. Of the guns just sound like... It's real shallow sounding. Shallow, There's yeah. There's no depth Whereas to... today's stuff, it's all... I don't know. It feels you're real. Immersive. Like you're so, don't expect, like, today's sound quality, but it's 5.1 sound and it never was in the day. And it does surround you. And the music, the music especially, I think, comes through really well. I mean, because it is a really nice Indiana Jones-esque score. Mm -hmm. You know, it's familiar as soon as it it pumps up at the right moments. Um, But as far as Blu-ray extras, there is the original trailer. And we think it's a TV trailer. That's what it seems, because it's 4 by 3 aspect ratio. Mm -hmm. It's kind of grainy, uh, uh, scratched up and stuff. Don't watch the trailer if you've not seen the movie, because it's one of those... This is literally the whole movie. Every single scene. Like a second or two from every scene. Yeah, and it's more noticeable when you've just watched the movie, obviously. But I was like, okay, there's all the main scenes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, only watch it afterwards. Or if you've already seen it. I would... If you saw this movie in the 90s, and you're going to watch the trailer first, don't watch the movie first. Because there will be, like for me, parts where you don't remember. Because I didn't remember the entire thing. There were several parts where I was like... Is this a director's cut? I don't remember that scene. But, you know, things fade, don't they? It's, it's weird, yep. You watch a movie, like, and then in 20 years, watch it again, and it feels like a new movie. Because it did, kind of. That's good. Um, so, in conclusion, what do you think of The Rocketeer? I think it's really good. think you have to be a um, nostalgia for it, or do you think you could just go into it? You mean, like, if a kid today were to watch yeah. it? Or buy it for your kids, or... I think kids would dig it. I, I do really too. do. I don't. I think it's timeless. I really do. I think and it can fit. It's not, if you're a jaded, yeah, fifty year old snot bag who likes to pick every that cynical thing apart, shit. What I was yeah, just talking about. Then yeah, you're going to be all puffed up about it. So you're going to say the special what? effects were terrible. You're probably yeah. going to say the second the same thing about Captain America though that was only made a couple <laughs> of months ago, aren't you? So those kind of people yeah. perhaps shouldn't even be watching movies. If they do, just shut up. You should up. sit in just... a dark room and just complain. No, you can watch yourself. movies. Just shut up Yeah, don't, don't go and post it on the internet. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, it brings back, for me, I know I wasn't a kid when I watched it, but it brings back memories of adventuring and... I think you still aren't convinced that you weren't a kid. It's like you can't not. accept it. <laughs> what I'm saying There's is... There's no doubting that 1991 was 22 you know, well, years Well, what I'm saying is I think life. it was the vibe of being a kid more than watching it when I was a kid. I might have watched it when I was 21 or 22 or whatever and been brought back to my childhood of watching Indiana Jones, etc. You know, because it, it, it has that feeling. It's simple, like I said to you. You didn't know you weren't a child when Indiana Jones came out, right? Um, I, well, I, I meant to say Star Wars. <laughs> right, right. And yeah, I was definitely a child. Star Wars. Well, yeah. no, I was a child when Indiana Jones came out. I was like 10 or 11. No, 8, 9. Indiana well, Jones you... came out during Star Wars, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember the first one. I would imagine it was early 80s. Right. And I was a kid in the early 80s. So I would have been a kid. I was a kid when I watched E.T. I was a kid when I watched Jaws. I was a kid when I watched The Goonies. You know? Right. Indiana Jones, I would have been a kid. I think The Goonies was like 86, wasn't it? So you weren't a kid then. 
I don't know. I have to look up the years. But. See, I see him a kid until I'm about 18. Right. Right? Okay. I don't, but... Right. Okay. <laughs> I mean... Uh, yeah, I get you. You know, still living at home, that kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah, kid, I get you. Like, not independent. Right. Um, so, yeah, I recommend it. I, I mean... Oh, if absolutely. You, if you've... You, if you've got... If you remember it, and you're fond of this movie, and a lot of people are fond of this movie, as I've, as I've found out over the last few weeks, it's the best version you'll have ever seen of it. Better than it would have been in the cinema, to be honest, because they've remastered the sound. So I can highly recommend it. The only thing I'm highly disappointed with is the fact that they go to big lengths of saying 20th anniversary and edition and don't put anything on there because... Um, in 1991, there was an hour-long TV special made about the making of the Rocketeer, which would have been perfect. It yeah. was it was made by Disney. Do you think it, they just didn't want it? It was on the DVD dump release. Any more movie in there? Any more money into it at all? Just bare yeah. bones. Yeah, but and maybe in five years they'll do some big 25th anniversary thing. And one of the problems with uh, there was a DVD. Really? I just thought of it. What if they are planning to make a sequel? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And then like when that Tron. comes out, and then they put a big... Eh. That's what they did with Tron. I said yep. to you, why the hell can't I buy Tron on Blu-ray? I love Tron, and I can't buy it on Blu-ray. And then... It came out. Yeah. Tron Legacy came out, and then they put Tron Remastered out with it. You know, to cash in on them both. But um, The Rocketeer, yeah, maybe they know something we don't. There was a DVD of The Rocketeer, but I advise you not to buy that DVD because the transfer on that DVD was one of the worst DVDs ever created. It's muddy, murky, <laughs> and the sound kind of mushes into it. It's not a good DVD, so I'm sure fans who have that DVD will have already bought this. Yeah. I don't need to be telling them. So, um, yeah, that's The Rocketeer. I enjoyed it a lot. What an excellent, excellent Saturday afternoon movie. And I'd never seen it. So to me, it was a very lovely, pleasant surprise. So uh, thank you to Disney for the Blu-ray. Uh, if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com and enter a contest. Next week's Blu-ray review, uh, Touch Wood, and I'm touching my head, which is made out of wood, um, will be Rise of the Planet of the Apes. That's excellent. if we get it on time. It'll either be next week or the week after. So um, yeah, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. We own every Planet of the Apes film. Yeah. We also own a... Planet of the Apes ape head. head that stores all the films. Who wears an Indiana Jones hat. So he will be happy to see. A new you reckon? Movie. He'll be happy to see something else shoved up inside him. Yeah, into his ass. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, there's no ass. It's just a bust. Yeah, it's just he has all the discs stuffed up. in the back of him. Yeah, I mean, he has, he has a little head. compartment. It will. There's a, there's a space for a couple more. Oh, right. Do you think that was thought or just... Nah. So, um, yeah, that's what it'll be next week. Possibly. So, um... New game. Do you remember last week when we retired movie tagline fun? Mm-hmm. And I said, you need to create a new game. Mm-hmm. Did you create a new game? I did. Now, this is going to be a limited edition game. Because I think, A, I don't think you're going to like it at all. And B, that means we will make it a short run. And if you want, every week I can do the challenging and you can do the... Because I'm not convinced. I'm, I'm not really selling it here, but I don't think you're going to. You're not very confident it. about your game. Oh, I'm confident that I love it because I was like, oh, I, I want to, you know, well, I'll explain it to you. So we're going to do six of them. So six weeks, I think, would be a good time to do All right. six of them. And the game is this. I'm going to, most likely me every week, or if you want to join in, that's fine. I'm going to give you a line, a very famous line from a movie. I'm going to say it. And you're going to tell me if it's correct or not. You mean you're going to alter it slightly sometimes? I may or I may not. Exactly. Oops, somebody's talking to me. And these are very famous lines from movies that you think you know, and that if you hear it right or wrong, you just never thought of that right. one thing. Or maybe you've always had it wrong. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So um, That's going to be really hard, I can tell you now. You think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of, them, some of them wouldn't be. I mean, you know, let's say this. You're going to need a faster boat. Wrong. Absolutely. Because you're going to need a bigger boat. Now, that's one of those that I think no matter what we did with that one, you're going to know it. So yes. that's an example, an extreme example. So this week's example. And I'll tell you the movie and everything. You don't have to guess the movie. All right. Unless you want to make that part of it. Do it. The movie is Field of Dreams. And the line is, if you build it, they will come. Is that correct? Correct. Or incorrect? Correct. Is that your final answer? Yes. That is incorrect. What is it? If you build it, 
he will come. I've never seen Field uh, of Dreams. Yeah, but come on. You know the phrase. You've heard it. I've literally never seen it. I've never seen it either, but you've heard, heard the phrase. phrase yeah. yeah. But see, so you think... He will come. Yeah, exactly. Who's he? I don't know, because I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah. But I've only ever thought it was, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, I thought it was that too. But it's actually, if you build it, he will come. Okay, so you prove your point. So the, there the, you go. The game is hard. It's, well, but it's interesting, because, you know, there are others I've already got some in my mind that... Um, Save them for next week. I will catch you okay, up. I'm so wrong. do you like the game? Yes, pretty good. So you want me to do it every week? No, Challenge I'll, you? Do it. I'll do it next week. Okay. Okay, then. All right, so movie recommendations for this week. I am going with... What is, what's the name of my game? I I'll, I'll come New up with game, it's called. I'll, According to the, <laughs> I'll have a name for it next week. The um, outline says it's called New Game. Mm, it's not called New Game. If anyone has a suggestion, how about... Well, I'll think of something. All right, so movie recommendations for this week. <laughs> I am going with Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, obviously in line with this movie. And it'd be make an excellent double feature, I think. Along with Captain America. Yeah, because you're talking like the Rocketeer and then Sky Captain the World of Tomorrow is like cutting edge um, CG, but with the vibe of that, you know, the old, old timey kind of. But very cynical. That. Yes. that one's got a very cynical edge, good, I though. think. Really good. And Flash Garden, I'd throw in there too. But my other recommendation. You've already got four. <laughs> this is like recommendation. Let me go for all of these then. Sky Captain the World of Tomorrow. Any Indiana Jones movie. Um, Dick Tracy was one that I was thinking of when I was thinking they don't make films like that anymore and that's all also like this. And Roger Rabbit. You know that mm-hmm. throwbacky kind of... I love of, Roger Rabbit. Yeah, like like an innocent time. Like It's, it's missing now. Because like got- I say to you, shouldn't the Muppets movie be an innocent kind of... It's the Muppets. It, but it's not. It's a cynical movie. But like, you, I don't know if if you're if cynical I is the right. The, no, it, it, when like Kermit's uh, talking about Justin Bieber and YouTube and things. That's not cynicism. Not cynicism. Um, I mean, I know what you're talking too, about. Just, but it's not cynical. Not magical. More. It's not magical. It's it's like it's not escapism anymore. It's inserting just, them into our world completely. Every, with every, or with all the trappings. In, inserting us into their world. Like, yeah. their world should be completely separate. I mean, I get you. Some movies, though. Now, my recommendations are Streetcar Named Desire, Postman Always Rings Twice. And that's because those are movies set in sort of... I don't even know how to describe it. Another one I was thinking was Bonnie and Clyde. Because it's got the movie thing, it's got the 30s, the crime. But it, those are hardened, jaded Ugh, like drama, theatrical, you know. But for some reason, I think of them in those time periods, old and. I saw and Postman Always Ring and... twice when I was younger, and I always remember it had like some really filthy sex scenes in it. Pretty filthy. Is that true? Uh, I think it's implied more than. Because I was younger, is. I was like, oh, <laughs> what the hell's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Paris Trout. I mean, when I think of Paris Trout, the movie with Dennis Hopper and. Uh, I forget her name. Bar- was it Barbara Hershey or... I can't remember. But it's really awful. Well, let's like think really of The Last scene. Tango in Paris if you want to. I've never seen Last Tango in Paris, so I need to see that. That's, that's one of those movies I need to see. That's a filthy sex scene for you. <laughs> if you've never seen Paris Trout, <laughs> though. Yeah. Oh, my God. Let's say a slippy sex scene. <laughs> Don't tell me it. Um, so those are mine. And then the last one is... Talking of these innocent, sort of, complete escapism. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. I... I I can't say it enough. It's like the most bizarre, weird... It's innocent and not innocent at the same exactly. time. We're talking... Well, the title tells you. And yet, it's a musical. Yeah, you don't get exactly what... It made me want to be a prostitute living in a house with a bunch of other prostitutes. Yeah, it doesn't seem so bad. Because it's, <laughs> because it's like, they're all it's friends singing, and they're wearing... Cheaper. Yeah, they're wearing cool clothes and they're all really sentimental and... I don't think it's like that. You know what I mean? Like, their, their customers are all these sort of wide-eyed young boys or some sleeky politician who slips you extra... You know, I just was like, wow, that sounds really... Awesome. But then when you watch Cat House on HBO, you understand that that's not really what it's like. Bunny Ranch. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so games and A-Scully stuff for this week. I have been playing very little, so I've got a new... F- well, not a new feature, but a special feature this week. So I've been playing Mario Kart 7 on the on the Nintendo DS 3DS. Uh, it's more Mario Kart. It's really good. If you like racing games, the online is very robust. Um I hate... Everybody I've heard this week has just been down on Mario Kart. 
don't be down on Mario Kart. You know, they all said, oh, why do you need more Mario Kart? You had Mario Kart five years, three years ago when, the, when it came out on the Wii. Well, you also had Need for Speed in, a year ago. You had Madden a year ago. Why can't they make another one? Have you heard that recently? No. The Cagcast was one of them. Oh, yeah, I block out a lot of The guy on the Cagcast said, don't know why they have to make another Mario Kart. Who wants to play more of that? Well, people who like because it. Because he's done with it. Yeah, people who like <laughs> it want to play more of it. I am one of them. It is more of it. It's better. There's new tracks. Why can't the people who made Plants vs. Zombies have this vibe of making me more Plants vs. Zombies? Correct. So, they just don't do it. So Mario Kart 7, it's on the 3DS now. Alongside Mario 3D Land, they are the two must-buy titles for the 3DS. If you bought a 3DS back in February when it came out, You've been waiting for games, thinking there's no games for it, there's no games for it. These are the two games you should have. Nintendo always make the best games. Oh, these two and the Zelda game. Those are the best games. Um, And this week I got uh, invited by Blizzard to the Diablo 3 beta, which um, I play StarCraft a lot, so I was signed up for their beta test. So I got into Diablo 3 beta, which Diablo is a game near and dear to my heart. I played Diablo 2. On my 486 PC, I must have played it for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. One of my favourite PC hack and slash games. It's back next year, it's coming out, it's the um, third one. It obviously looks amazing now, it doesn't look like a 486 game, now it looks amazing. It's a top-down hack and slash game where you level up your character... It's by the makers of World of Warcraft, so it's leveling up, all that kind of stuff. But it's not on, it's not a massively online, pay-every-month kind of game. You buy it once, you play it. So this beta that came out, it's literally the first two hours of the game you can play through. You can choose any character class, so you could play it five times, actually, through, with the different... You could be a black mage, or you could be a, a barbarian, or you could be a, you know, a witch doctor... You can be any of the different ones, play it through. You can play it co-op, online, uh, even in the beta. There's achievements and all that kind of stuff. Looks fantastic, plays fantastic. I'm hooked on it. I uh, played it through. I sat down. I downloaded it. It was 14 gigabytes or some ridiculous size. I put it on. I thought, I'll take a look at this. Next thing I know, I'd finished it. So that's how good it is. Is this part of your new feature thing you're doing? Upcoming games? No. It's not upcoming? No, it's a. Uh, if you're in the beta, you'll get it now. I'm playing it. I know, but I mean, the real game will come out later. I'm assuming so. That's the real upcoming. game will be out in February. But right. my, uh, my new feature, I have not announced yet. Oh. But it's nothing to do with games. Oh, right. <laughs> you're what just skipping ahead. No. So uh, my new feature, seeing as you uh, mentioned it, is uh, it's not a new feature. I'm just. It's just this week only. Um, I did it this on this show last year. Two shows before Christmas. Mm. last year and what I wanted to do was highlight next year's big movies and just tell you what's coming out and when and there'll be movies here you didn't know was coming out exciting movies next year actually there is a lot of good stuff so let's kick it off with next year's this is theatrical releases they'll obviously be out on blu-ray later than these dates but they'll be out probably the same year so first May the 4th 2012 which is your what May bank holiday what do you call it here it's May Bank Memorial Holiday. Day. Memorial Day weekend. It starts with The Avengers. Um, probably one of the biggest movies of next year, I can imagine. It's probably going to be huge, right? After mm. seeing that trailer. Um, and you can follow that up on May the 18th with Battleship, which is Battleship the game made into a movie. Um, big blockbustery type of Battleship y thing. Right. With a twist. Um, and then straight after that, May the 25th, Men in Black 3, which, interesting trivia about Men in Black 3, it's a movie without a script, apparently. It was all improv um, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones are both back. You will be excited for that because yes, you love, love Men in Black. I love Men in Black, one and two. Straight after that, on June the 1st, is Snow White and the Huntsman, which is by the makers of Red Riding Hood. So I'm oh, not, ex- not excited. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> which... When we do the best and worst movies of this year, I think Red Riding has... Top or bottom of the list, whatever. (laughs) Um, 
June the 8th, 2012, will be Prometheus, which is Ridley Scott's new movie, which was actually going to be an Alien sequel. Um, It has some kind of ties with Alien, but he decided to not have anything to do with Alien and just make it anyway. Apparently for very super fans of Alien, there are some Alien things in there, but it's an actual separate story. But anyway, whatever it is, it's Ridley Scott, and it's Ridley Scott back doing sci-fi, which is exciting to me. Because I love Ridley Scott stuff. Plus he is doing an Alien sequel. Prequel. Um, after that, on June the 22nd, 2012, is Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. Which is exactly what the title uh, says, and it's based on the book. Um, straight after that is Disney Pixar's Brave on June the 22nd. Which is Disney's, ent- like a brand new IP for Disney. Not a, not a sequel. I said to you, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. When they did Cars 2 this year, it was good, but I don't want them to do sequels anymore. Just make new creative things every year. And Brave, from the trailer we saw, looks interesting Mm -hmm. and very different looking. Um, July the 3rd, so this will be the Independence Day weekend, is The Amazing Spider-Man, the reboot of Spider-Man with Social Network Guy playing Spider-Man, which should be exciting. Straight after that, on July the 20th, is The Dark Knight Rises, the final um, dark, final Batman movie from Christopher Nolan. Probably, that is my most anticipated movie of next year. Because those are fantastic, those Batman movies. Uh, you agree? They are. Um, I'm not a humongous Batman fan, but they are some of my favourite superhero movies, yeah. Moving on to August the 3rd, 2012, with The Bourne Legacy. The next Bourne movie. Awesome. Um, unfortunately, not starring... Um, That's Miss, all right. I, Miss, I still Mr. like Madden. the story. Uh, August the 3rd, the remake of Total Recall, starring... What's he called? Phone booth. Colin Farrell as Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's a remake of Total Recall. I don't think it needs a remake, but it could be fun. Um, I actually don't have a problem with that one, because it has... a. It's awesome, and it's shitty at the same time, so the awesomeness can be brought into modern day with some awesome effects, and you've got to kick ass. Because I love it, I loved, I love it every time I see it, and yet you cringe at certain things because of the limitations of the times, because it's a huge thing. You go to Mars, you've got Mars, and yet it was the 90s, and so, 80s, 90s, so I have no good. problem with that, um, making it. So, yeah, and uh, rounding up the big summer blockbusters, I mean, because that is a pretty packed summer, is um, August the 10th, Warm Bodies, which is described, and it's by the creators of, it's described as Twilight, but with zombies instead of vampires. Warm Bodies. I don't give a shit. And finally, uh, The Expendables 2 on August the 17th, which is Sylvester Stallone and his... Everybody who's an action star, Dolph Lundgren, Jason Statham, (laughs) um, Bruce Willis, everybody's in it. Everybody you can think of who's ever been in it. Imagine the egos on that side. Imagine. Holy shit. So um, that's it. That's a packed 2012. And they're just the big, big releases. Obviously, there's lots of smaller ones that fill in the gaps. And the smaller ones, as we know, are usually the better ones. But for me, Big one for me is Spider-Man and uh, Dark Knight Rises. It's going to be... Uh, Dark Knight Rises is fortunately on just around my birthday. That'd be a nice birthday movie. So that's my uh, feature. So that's stuff to look forward to next year. There's other stuff, but I knocked it off my list when it didn't sound that interesting. So um, what have you got? What's for dinner this week? Tonight we're going to be having some tofu curry made with Patak's Korma Mild, which I accidentally ordered instead of the normal, but it tastes, to me, exactly the same, so we'll see. It's probably just uh, a slightly different blend, that's all. Yeah, very close to me. And um, some jasmine rice. I got malted chocolate milk balls, or whatever they are, malted, whatever, you know, the crunchy in the middle. I got those at... Menards, because we need a new stove. Our oven crap. We don't need one. I could probably have it fixed, but I've decided it's old. We're getting a new one. So I was looking for them today at Menards. And like I said, in these quote-unquote manly stores, Lowe's, Westlake's, Menards, any hardware store, they have the best candy and 
Menards has a whole grocery section, which is really bizarre. Like is, grocery is it a hardware store. Yeah, it's all it's like Lowe's. Right. Same thing. But they have a grocery section, like groceries, canned why. food, and the cereal was so much cheaper than the normal grocery. I got a huge box of cornflakes for three fifty, and these chocolate malted ball things—they're like bulk kind of, but they're they're just delicious. I don't know what this, what's the magic there. I don't know, but and I just tweeted out that I got a chocolate malted ball that, <laughs> that, that was, was missing chocolate. the malted part, <laughs> and it was the ultimate chocolate malted. See, ball. I would have just the malted part. See, I like the chocolate. But I, I like, like the both, but. I love chocolate, so I bit into it and I was expecting the crunch and there was none. It was just a solid <laughs> ball of chocolate. I was like, wow, that's the ultimate solid, the ultimate ball. That's funny. So, what else? Other than that, I don't really have anything. We're gonna, I'm going tomorrow to have my uh, holiday with my extended family. And I have paid, basically purchased hardly anything. I haven't shopped, I haven't prepared. So whatever I've got to drag along with me is going to be it. I'm going to be driving our new car. The furthest I've driven it, it's a three-hour drive, so give it a little bit of a workout. You can call and talk can, all day. I was going to say, you can talk on this. You can tell the sink to tell you where to go, but you don't need to tell you where to go turn by turn. I you don't, don't, but I'll tell you. I don't it think you would me. want that telling you every two uh, There aren't any turns. Uh, you yeah. go on, get on one oh, highway. Yeah, then you'd be good. And you drive for three hours, and yeah. then you turn once. That's pretty much it. You might as well try it. You might yeah. as well try it. If, it's, if it's not going to be too yappy. I'll use my TomTom because I love seeing how much time I have left and my speed and everything. And um, so it'll be fun. I will discuss it next week. And then the meaning of life. I think uh, it's becoming more clear to me in this world, in this life, that you have to have balance. Who you are and how you are it can't be bigger on one side than the other, like, I've met a few people in my life, and recently, and I won't say where or how or when, but they are unaware of themselves in a most profound way that I do not understand. I do not understand how a person can be how they are in a big, almost intrusive, overwhelming manner to other people and be clueless to it. I know that I have a big personality. I know that I can be bossy. I know that I can be snotty. I know that I can be cynical and snotty and jaded and bitchy. And I can also be really nice and really sweet and very emotional. And I'm completely aware of myself. I know how people react to me. I know how I make people feel. I realize you have pointed out to me many times this misinterpretation of the way that I say things. My theory in life is I say what I mean. And for some reason, you and the rest of the world like to kind of twist things around and stuff. So I'm aware that I have that thing going on. I, sometimes I change my behavior. Sometimes I do not. I'm unapologetic about the way I am. Then there are people who it's as if they have no clue how they are affecting people. All they do. No, I am convinced they have no clue because pointing it out to them oh, yeah. in a particular circumstance... It is necessary. It is like you're talking to a brick wall. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, there are people just in this closeness thing, this physical closeness, like you're talking to somebody, it could be somebody brand new, and they have this weird familiarity with you that they get right up on you, right up in your face, right up close to you, rub up on you, put their hand on you in a completely inappropriate situation. And you say, I will say, maybe not everybody, um, you know, I don't. I don't really like being that close, so if you could just, you know, step back a little bit. I kind of like my personal space, so I need some distance. And the the look in the eye is as if I was speaking another language. Like, yep. what do you even... Maybe I'm ultra aware of myself. Like, I am constantly aware of how I am perceived or thought of. I don't always care. But do you know what I'm saying? That there are people who just, they're clueless as to how they are in this world. And I think you've got to have some balance. Know who you are. Be who you are. Change your behavior if you are. Well, there are times when you have, I mean, I'm married to you. I can't be myself 100% of the time because it's inappropriate. I mean, there are lots of times when I just want to be totally myself and that's just bitchy so i don't because i have i mean that's the honest truth like there are times when oh the ugh, inside me but then it's like well i mean that's just a me thing it does nothing to do with him you can't control the way he is or maybe he doesn't care or whatever so i just i control my behavior 
but I'm aware of it. I just don't get it. So I'm just saying in, in life, maybe having a studying personalities and being very aware of yourself more than other people will help you get along a little bit better in the world. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it and be polite, which is not my strong point. <laughs> All right. So that the end of, is that everything? I think so. All right. So thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sidtalk.com. Catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live. Where else can you catch us? Internet. The internet in general. You <laughs> Just can all, internet. YouTube. You can, also, Plus. you can also catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, uh, and the RSS feed. Just go to com, click on the word podcast, and subscribe, whatever you like to do there. Email feedback to me at ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sidtalk. She uh, doesn't care. One iota. I am unaware of your presence because I am fully consumed with myself. And uh, stay classy, Mr. Billy Campbell, the star of The Rocketeer. I'm actually going to look him up now yeah, after do. the show and see where he did go. To me, it could be a bit of a Luke Skywalker syndrome. Mark yeah, like Hamill's not the greatest actor in the world, and yet he... Or Neo. we got a Neo syndrome as well. A dude who plays a role... It could be women, I just can't think of it off the top of my head. Who fall into a role that becomes completely iconic... Hugely famous, and is then, I don't know, drops off. Like, there's not much else to them. And one thing I've learned about researching a bit into this movie is it is universally loved. It's like, it, people who love it, love it. Because it's lovely. It is a lovely, good versus evil, uh, And I don't see anybody having anything bad to say about it. I just see people who love it really loving it, which is interesting. Because those are the people who loved it then, who Love went it. to see it, who were the few people who went to see it then. Because, and you have that fe- you had that fear even yesterday or a couple days ago. You said, "I hope when I watch it, I thought it's it was not- going to be trash, but it was not." Oh no, no, no. super high quality. Yeah, like really. I really thought, oh my god, I was seeing it through rose tinted spectacles back then, like Flash Gordon. Yes. But Flash Gordon still holds up because it's so outrageous and, that... And it, the link is Timothy Dalton's in both of them. <laughs> I have the link. And he wears tights in both of them. He does. He does. Oh, he does. <laughs> He's very versatile. Just, he has some awesome hair in this one. He oh has, my God. He wears and then when wig. he just rips it off. He looks like Brian May from Queen at some point, one point. It's like my sister Shella's hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. It's awesome though, isn't it? It I is. Like, well, that I goes. love that dark curly hair with <laughs> the occasional... Oh yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, so if you're looking for um, Timothy Dalton with awesome hair, this is your movie. And next week we'll have another installment of, quote-unquote, the new game. Fill in a new name here. I will figure it out. It'll be quotes, right or wrong. So wrap this up for us. Did you already say your thing? I did. Oh, who did you say? That guy. Oh, I feel like I'm going to say, think for yourself, or someone will do it for you. <laughs>